You are listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org. There's a story of a father who was trying to uh, take a nap one afternoon and uh, his little boy kind of kept coming in and bothering him and uh, said to his dad, I'm, I'm bored, I, I want to find something to do. And so his father made up a game by finding a picture of a globe uh, in a newspaper. It was a kind of a picture of the world. And he had taken that picture and he tore it up into a bunch of pieces and gave it to his son. And he said, here, uh, this is kind of like a puzzle. You kind of put the world back together. So the little boy takes it and runs off and the father was relieved thinking he'd have about another hour, hour and a half's time uh, to just lay there and finish his nap. After about 15 minutes, the little boy came back in and said, Dad, I'm done. And the father just was like shocked and said, Done? How could you get that done so quickly? And he said, Oh, it was really easy, Dad. On the other side of that was, the, was a picture of a man. And he said, once I put the man back together, the world came together as well. We're kind of beginning a new series, uh, and it's called The Road to Recovery. And it's really designed to work on your person. Uh, Christy, I noticed the slides are all out of whack. Uh, I don't know what happened. Deb will need to look at that this week, uh, figure out what went wrong there. Um, so don't, uh, don't try to follow me. I think it'll just be confusing to everyone this morning. So it's really kind of designed, the whole series is designed to work on our person. Uh, it's again, it's amazing how much better the world can look when our, our person is kind of put together in the right way. And we're going to kind of look in this series at how do we address, how do we handle our habits, our hurts, and our hangups. And we want to look at those, especially those that are really kind of causing pain in your life that are maybe uh, very uh, disappointing to you. Maybe you feel like in some ways you feel imprisoned by those and just wondering how do I break free from those habits, those hurts, those hangups in my life. The series is also really kind of being used to, to coincide and really kind of begin to lay a foundation for the upcoming Celebrate Recovery ministry that we kind of talked about here at the beginning of the service this morning. As we said, we're gonna be beginning that on Tuesday nights, every Tuesday night, beginning October 17th. Uh, and again, uh, there is an excellent Celebrate Recovery ministry up in Clear Lake. Uh, Janie alluded to that. There's also a very, very successful one in uh, Charles City. And our goal is to uh, create an excellent uh, opportunity for that same ministry here in Mason City. And it is a ministry of the local church. Uh, and I believe it needs to be available in every community. I know people have said, well, if there's one in Clear Lake and Charles City, why don't we just send people there? Well, there are people right here in Mason City uh, that could benefit um, from that. And one of the misconceptions that I know I had uh, regarding Celebrate Recovery, that it was kind of mainly really a ministry uh, 
kind of geared towards those who maybe had like drug and alcohol addictions. And I, I kind of found out as I began to look into Celebrate Recovery, that's just simply not true. As a matter of fact, I found that only a third of the people uh, who are uh, active in Celebrate Recovery uh, are there because of addictions to drug and alcohol. And so really two-thirds of the people that participate uh, in that ministry um, are dealing with other kinds of, of issues. Uh, Celebrate Recovery um, are uh, offered all across the United States, uh, and they're really, it's for anybody who struggles with any kind of a hurt, a habit, uh, or a hang-up uh, in their life that maybe kind of interferes with you kind of living your life uh, to the fullest and freest. And Celebrate Recovery, it's really a place where you can begin to kind of uh, identify and really begin to work through those issues in hopes of finding healing uh, and overcoming uh, through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Again, Celebrate Recovery is for everyone. It's for those who struggle with common problems such as overworking, gambling, it can be sexual addictions, codependency, lying, it can be grief, it can be uh, physical, sexual abuse, pornography, fear, anxiety, uh, overeating, maybe you kind of ha have the uh, ability uh, or, or wanting to control other people uh, and everything. And again, it just really deals with um, a whole range of issues. And the goal is really, again, it's to assist people in being able to, first of all, recognize what is it that, that's troubling me? What is it that is a, a habit, a, a hang-up um, that I'm struggling with? And then again, equipping them with the tools to really begin to dig down deep and to kind of find out where did this first start, what were kind of the uh, issues driving this, and then kind of going back there and kind of beginning to resolve those issues. Isaiah 57 verse 18, and this is God speaking here. He said, I have seen how they acted, but I will heal them. I will lead them and help them, and I will comfort those who mourn. I offer peace to all near and far. And again, this is just one of the many thousands of promises we find in God's word. Now, I want you to notice there are five parts uh, to recovery that, again, God wants to do in every one of us. First is, if you've been hurt, um, and again, that hurt can be uh, any number of things. God says, I want to heal you. If you're confused, God says, I want to lead you. I want to give you guidance. If you've ever felt helpless to change anything, um, God is here to say, I want to help you change that. If you've ever felt uh, no one understands your problem, again, uh, God says, I want to comfort you. If you feel anxious and worried or afraid, God says, I want to give you peace. It was interesting, I read this week, uh, somebody made this comment and, and said, one of the reasons the Holy Spirit is designed uh, and comes to us as a comforter is because change oftentimes is very discomforting uh, to us. So the Holy Spirit is there to comfort us uh, in those difficult times. And again, one of the undeniable truths of life is again, life is tough. And it just seems to be getting tougher uh, by the day. 
We live in a, a fallen, uh, imperfect world. We're hurt by other people. We get hurt by people. Uh, we hurt ourselves. And when the Bible says in Romans 3.23 that all have sinned, uh, again, it, it means exactly that. All of us have been impacted by sin. Whether that's our own sin or we've been, you know, impacted through the sin of other people. None of us in this room are perfect. We have all blown it. We've made mistakes. And every one of us in this room this morning, we are in need of healing in specific places in our lives. Again, so this series uh, this, uh, that we're gonna be uh, doing these next couple of weeks, it's for everybody, as well as the Celebrate Recovery uh, is for everybody. Every one of us needs recovery from something in our lives. If you've ever been hurt, if you've ever had a hang up or a habit that maybe you've tried again and again and again to get rid of um, and you've just not been successful uh, doing that, uh, Celebrate Recovery is for you. And the good news is this, it doesn't matter what you're struggling with, whether it's emotional, financial, relational, spiritual, sexual, or whatever. The steps to recovery are the same for every person and every issue. And thankfully, the principles for recovery are found in the Bible, as Janie kind of uh, talked about uh, that. And that's why the steps are always the same for everyone, regardless of the issue, and they never change. God's word never changes. And that's why the steps to recovery never change. It's based upon God's word. You could almost uh, say it's the original recover manual. It's the foundation upon which Celebrate Recovery is built and functions by. I didn't know this, but uh, Alcoholics Anonymous started uh, back in 1935 by a couple of guys, and they really kind of based the whole thing upon scripture, and as Janie talked about, is now known as uh, the classic 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, and that is used by thousands of recovery groups around the world. And again, the basis for all of that is found in God's word. And so the, we're gonna kind of look into some of those biblical uh, principles uh, these next few weeks, and it's gonna kind of center around the word recovery, celebrate recovery. We're gonna, we're gonna kind of focus around that word recovery. And each week, we're gonna take one letter from that word recovery, and we're gonna kind of talk about the road to recovery and the path to freedom. So the first uh, letter I want to talk about this morning is the letter R uh, in recovery, and that stands for realize. And what we need to realize is that we are not God. We need to realize and admit that we are powerless to control our tendencies to do wrong things and that our lives, um, apart from God, are unmanageable. Let me just ask you a couple of questions, and you don't have to you know, openly acknowledge uh, this. If you want to, that's fine, but you don't have to. Uh, how many of you ever just kind of stay up later uh, than you should uh, and know you need to sleep? How many of you eat or drink more calories than your body needs? I mean, I think all of us here can uh, attest to times like that. You ever feel you ought to exercise, but you don't? Yeah. Do you ever know the right thing to do, but you don't do it? 
Do you know something is wrong, but you do it anyway? Have you ever been known to be uh, unselfish, but uh, maybe you're more prone to being selfish? Have you ever tried to control somebody or something and become frustrated when you realize the person, the situation is uncontrollable? Now, again, if you answered yes just to any one of those questions, again, welcome to the human race. We all struggle with different areas uh, in our lives and we're all in need of recovery. Like I said, again, the secret of recovery to overcoming hurts, habits, and hangups, it's again, it's not primarily about the issue. It's important to recognize the issue, but the key is really digging down deep and finding out where and why did that issue start in the first place. And again, every habit, every hurt, every hangup you have is connected to a time, a place, and an event in your life. And once we identify where and why that issue first started, where it kind of first emerged, we can begin to unravel and address the issues that are driving that and begin that process to recovery. Now again, the number one root uh, cause of every problem, every difficulty and struggle we face in life, it finds its origination in the sin nature. Now our sin nature, again, whether it's my sin nature or your sin nature or kind of a combination of both thereof is what drives you and I into all kinds of troubles, problems, addictions, and difficulties. Every one of us in this room, we do things that are not good for us. We do things that are not good for other people. I do, you know, things that are not right, and then I'll try to justify that. We all do that. We do things to ourselves, and we do things to others, even if those things are self-destructive. We all respond uh, in the wrong ways when someone, you know, says or, or does something to us that we don't like, and, and we'll kind of just blow up, and we'll, we'll respond in a very negative way. We do and say things that oftentimes just amplify the hurt. We all react the wrong way towards other people. We jump to conclusions. We all try to fix people and try to fix problems. And oftentimes it makes the problem and the people worse than they started. And again, all of that and so much more is just really driven by our sin nature. Proverbs 14 verse 12 describes it this way. There is a way that seems right to a person, but it ends in death. Whether you like it or not, whether you accept it or not, we will always, always have this sin nature attempting to drive us toward doing the wrong things, even if it feels right in the moment. And we're gonna struggle with this to varying degrees until we get to heaven. Even as a spirit-filled Christ follower, you're gonna experience the temptation and struggle to allow your sin nature to dominate and control you. And even the apostle Paul recognized this. And listen to what he says in Romans 7:15. Now again, Paul is not speaking uh, before he became a Christian. He's speaking now as a Christ follower. And here's what he says, I don't understand myself at all. 
for I really want to do what's right, but I can't. I don't do what I want to do, but I do the very thing I hate. I know perfectly well that what I'm doing is wrong. He says, but I can't help myself. It's sin inside me that's stronger than I am or stronger than my flesh that makes me do these evil things. Now, does that sound familiar to any of you in this room this morning? I end up doing what I don't want to do and I want to do the things I know I shouldn't. And Paul makes this acknowledgement again as a born-again, spirit-filled Christian. And I just want you to know, if Paul struggles with this, it stands to reason we will as well. So again, the first step to recovery again is to realize the cause of every struggle, every problem, every difficulty that arises, it is driven by our sin nature. And every one of us in this room, we were born with a predisposition toward sin. It's kind of like you could say we almost came out of the womb hardwired toward sin. And I believe the core component and the motivator of our sin nature is ultimately rooted in this desire to want to be God. Not to be like God, but we want to take the place of God in our own lives and in the lives of other people. To be the one who is in control. We want to be the ones who are calling the shots. We want to live life our way. And we kind of want to be at the center of the universe. To be our own boss, to live our own way, to do whatever we want, to do whatever we feel like we want to do uh, in the moment. And that is the essence of playing God. I want to be in control of my life. And if I can, I want to be in control as much in other people's lives and situations. And here's what I've kind of come to learn. The more insecure you are, the more you're driven toward control. Insecure people tend to be driven more and more to want to control themselves, to control others, and to control everything around them. And again, this is at the very core of our sin nature, and every one of us in this room struggle with this to varying degrees. And again, it's man's oldest, and it is the original problem. Adam and Eve were the ones who kind of ushered this into the human race. You remember, God puts them in the Garden of Eden, and he kind of puts them in this perfect paradise, and he gives them complete authority over it. And God says to them, you can do anything, go anywhere, except do not take and eat the fruit uh, of the tree of, the good, of good and knowledge. And what did they do? They just make a beeline for the very thing God told them not to do. And that's been the problem from the very start. I want to do what I want to do. I want to be in control. I want to call the shots. I want to be God. So what are some of the ways that we try and play God through control? And one of the things that oftentimes we want to try to control is our image. How people see us. And every one of us in this room, we kind of have what I would call a front stage presentation and a backstage presentation. The front 
the front stage, main stage presentation is the one that I, I really carefully manage. That's where I kind of want to present myself in the best light. I want you to see all of my good qualities. I want you to see all of the things that, uh, that are good about me. Those are the things I want you to see. What I don't want you to see, what I don't want you to know about me is what we call the behind the stage or the backstage stuff. Those are my habits, those are my hurts, those are my hangups, those are the ways uh, in, in which I fail, those are where uh, my mistakes are hidden. Uh, that's where you know, uh, my sins are, are concealed. It's all back here, I don't want anyone to see any of that, I just want you to see my good side, I want you to see my good parts. And every one of us have uh, 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 that, uh, that presentation, that image about ourselves. And so one of the things that we'll do is we'll kind of play games, we'll wear masks, we'll say what we think needs to be said uh, in the moment, we'll fake it, we'll deny our weaknesses, we'll suppress our feelings. Oh, I'm not angry. Oh no, I'm not upset. I'm not offended. So, so we kind of suppress all of that. We don't want people to see the real us. Because we're convinced that if people really knew us, who we really were, they wouldn't want to be around us. They wouldn't want anything to do with us. So we try to hide and we try to control and we suppress our, our, our true selves. And as a result, we just put forth a very fake image, one that's not real. And again, we try to make ourselves look better than we really are. Second way we try to play God through control is we want to just control other people. As parents, we try to control our kids. As spouses, we try to control our husbands, our wives. People try to control other people. Bosses try to control employees. Countries try to control other countries. And if we can't, we'll just start a war. We use a lot of tools to manipulate and to control other people. We'll use guilt, we'll use fear, we'll even use praise if it will allow us to control other people. Some of us will use the silent treatment to control people. We'll use anger and rage, money. We'll use whatever we have at our disposal if it will allow us to control other people. Third way we play God through control is by trying to control problems. Doesn't just necessarily mean our own problems, but maybe other people's problems. We're really good at this. We'll use phrases like, I can handle it on my own. I've got everything under control. I can quit drinking anytime I want to. I, I can quit gambling anytime I want to. I can stop looking at pornography anytime I want to. That's somebody trying to play God. We try to control our problems or other people's problems. And then we'll say, I don't need any help. I certainly don't need any counseling. Celebrate recovery, that's a great program, but that's for other people. And again, what we find is the more we try to fix our problems or the problems of other people, the worse the problems become. 
And again, we're trying to take the place of God in our lives and trying to take the place uh, of God in the lives of other people. We play God by trying to control our pain. Have you ever stopped and just thought about how much of your time is spent running from pain, trying to avoid it, to deny it, to escape it, to reduce it, to postpone it? People try to postpone pain in many ways. Sometimes we try to postpone our pain by eating or not eating. We try to avoid our pain by maybe getting drunk or by smoking or taking drugs or getting in and out of different relationships. The next relationship is really what I want and it's where I'll really feel whole and valued and significant. And so we leave one relationship, getting into the next one, hoping it will be the greener grass. And it wasn't. And so you just find yourself in and out of relationships because you're trying to find that perfect relationship. Or you become abusive, verbally, physically, or you become angry at other people, or you become critical or judgmental. And all of that, again, is a way that we use to deflect our pain. I'm not gonna look at myself, I'm gonna look at you. I'm not gonna judge me, I'm gonna judge you. Or we get depressed. So again, there are many, many ways that we try to manage and control our pain. So what are some of the consequences that happens when we try to be in control and play God? First of all, we become full of fear. When we strive to control everyone and everything, which is the essence of God, we will eventually become fearful. That's what happened with Adam and Eve. They fell in the garden, they did what God told them not to do, and they hid themselves. Why did they hide? Because they were afraid. And so fear oftentimes is the first thing we'll encounter um, when we are trying to control and play God. I see this, uh, this uh, in myself even as a parent. I mean, as a parent, every one of us who are parents, we want our kids to succeed in life. And oftentimes as parents, we kind of have convinced ourselves we have the perfect plan to accomplish that, right? I mean, if my kid will just do this, if my kid will just go here, uh, if, if they'll just do this and that, their lives will be perfect or close enough to perfect. And again, I think as parents, we all try to manipulate that to varying degrees, and we do that out of a sense of fear. A fear of what will happen if they don't do what I tell them to do the way in that I tell them to do it. I mean, if my kid doesn't go uh, to college or go to the college I think they should go to, if my kid moves here, if my uh, kid doesn't get this kind of a job, if our kids don't do what we think they should do, we're afraid our kids will fail. And not only that, but we're afraid we'll be viewed as a failure as a parent. So like a lot of you, I don't wanna fail as a parent. I don't want my kids to fail. And so the solution to that fear is I'm gonna try to control you and I'm gonna try to control their choices. I'm gonna try to map out their destiny because if I don't, I fear what will happen to them and I fear what that will say about me 
as a parent. Sometimes we forget God was and is the perfect father. And yet Adam and Eve still sinned. Isn't that amazing? We put a lot of pressure on ourselves as parents. And oftentimes we judge the successes and failures of our parenting by the successes and failures of our children. And when we do that, it becomes a very strong catalyst to try and control our children and their choices. The second consequence of trying to play God is we become frustrated. It's frustrating trying to be the master of the universe, is it not? Yeah, it's frustrating. How many of you have ever played that game Whack-A-Mole? That's been around for a long time. I remember going to Chuck E. Cheese is I think where I first played that game. It's a game where you have all of these holes on the, on the board and underneath each hole, there's kind of a little mole and you're kind of there with a, 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 a mallet or a club, whatever you wanna call it. And, and, the, and the game is, is that every time that mole pops its head up, you wanna whack it with the stick. And, and again, it's just a, a great analogy um, for life. Again, we, we uh, whack down one relational conflict and another one pops up, right? We whack down one habit and another one takes its place. And we keep whacking uh, these uh, problems, these conflicts, these hurts, these habits, these hangups, and, and another one pops up in its place. And again, it can become very frustrating. Why can't I keep this from resurfacing over and over and over? Why am I constantly dealing with the same issue? And it becomes frustrating. Paul kind of realized this. Listen to what he said in Romans 7, beginning with verse 21. He said, it seems to be a fact of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. And he acknowledges there's something else working deep within me, that war with my mind that wins the fight and, and makes me a slave to the sin. Listen to what David said in Psalm 20, 32 verse three, he said, my dishonesty made me miserable and filled my day with frustrations. Often when we're frustrated, it can be a symptom of a deeper issue that we've not dealt with, the root issue, and that is again, you're not God. And if you're trying to control everything, it doesn't work. And when it doesn't work, we become frustrated with ourselves and with others. The third consequence of trying to play God is fatigue. The more balls we try to juggle in life, the more exhausted and overwhelmed we become. Listen to what David said in Psalm 32. He said, my strength evaporated like water on a sunny day until I finally admitted all of my sins to you and stopped trying to hide them. Most people try to hide their sin, run from their pain by keeping busy. Because we realize, I don't like the way I feel when I slow down. I don't like the voices that go through my mind when I lay my head back on the pillow. Because I don't know how to deal with those thoughts, I don't know how to deal with those feelings, I will just keep myself busy in an attempt to avoid it. We dodge our pain by constantly being on the go or working ourselves to death. 
Or maybe you kind of get into a hobby or a sport and it becomes a compulsion, it becomes an obsession. You're on the golf course all the time or the tennis court. And again, we, we can bury ourselves even in religious activities. Church activity can be a way of escaping our pain. You're hoping you'll be so tired uh, through it all that when you lay your head on the pillow, you're so fatigued, you'll go right to sleep and you won't have to face uh, or hear your pain. So if you're in a state of, of just constant fatigue, maybe you feel like you're always worn out, maybe it's a good opportunity to kind of ask yourself, what am I running from? What problem do I not want to face up to that motivates me and drives me to work and work that I'm just in this constant state of fatigue? So again, one of the goals of Celebrate Recovery and really should be the goal of every local church is to become a safe place where real people with real problems, real hurts, real hangups can come and talk and, and share those and not be met with criticism, judgment, or condemnation. A place where people can really be open and honest about the struggles in their life and find grace and mercy and encouragement and, and help to work through those issues. There's not a person in this room, myself, uh, chief among them, that have it all together. None of us do. We need God and we need each other. We're all weak in different areas and we need each other. In fact, we need each other because oftentimes we can kind of become a mirror for someone else to help them see what they themselves cannot see. And again, that's the art of deception. Every one of us in this room, we are deceived by certain things. And, and deception is deception in that you don't realize it. I mean, if you're deceived and you realize it, that's not deception, that's rebellion. But if you're deceived and honestly don't know you're deceived, that's what deception is. And oftentimes it takes other people who see what we can't see and, and God uses them uh, to help us identify those. And again, that's the goal and that's the beauty of Celebrate Recovery. It's a ministry that involves all kinds of people with all different kinds of hurts, habits, and hangups, with all different kinds of spiritual gifts, all coming together, working together to help each other overcome in the struggles of life and to find freedom through their relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, I wanna uh, just kind of uh, close uh, with this and I wanna just offer this one challenge as we kind of get in, into the series. I'm not asking you to put every habit, every hurt, every hang up on the table and let's just deal with them all at once. Oftentimes that becomes overwhelming and oftentimes it kind of just causes us to shut down. What I would encourage and ask you to do is maybe just try to identify one area of your life where maybe you struggle. Maybe it's an area of life you've tried over and over and over to, to overcome, to find healing, to find freedom for that. And, and maybe you just have kind of felt uh, paralyzed. Maybe you just have felt, you know, you have failed so many times, it's not worth trying again. What I want you to do is identify one 
area, one hurt, one habit, one hang up that you'd like to maybe just put that on the table and say, as we kind of work through this, this is the hurt, this is the habit, this is the hang up I wanna just bring to God this morning and I wanna just commit myself to really working through that as we go through this series. Again, it's realizing I am not God, it's realizing I am not perfect, it's realizing I've got habits, hurts, and hang ups uh, that are causing um, and, and preventing me from being everything that God wants me to be. And again, that's, that's what I want you to do. Now, I'm gonna tell you, this will probably be the hardest part of anything we're gonna talk about in these next coming weeks. It's just coming to that realization. This is the issue I wanna bring before God. This is the issue that I want to work on. James 4, 6 says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. To realize, to admit, to, to have the courage to work on a hurt, a habit, or a hang-up, it requires humility. It really does. It requires humility to realize that you're not God. It requires humility to realize you're not in control. And the scripture there says that God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Grace is the power to change. Grace is the power that God gives me to make the changes in my life that I want to make. So what I wanna do is uh, just encourage you, um, and we're gonna uh, uh, pray uh, this morning, uh, and I just wanna encourage you, just, you know, if, if you're not sure, if you think like, oh, I've got so many, I don't know where to, ask God to just give you wisdom and guidance in that. Just ask God maybe to uh, just identify an issue, an area in my heart where you want me to work uh, on uh, in these next coming weeks. Many of us are familiar with the serenity prayer. Can you find that, Christy? So I'm just gonna invite you to stand this morning as we close. This is a great prayer. It's a prayer that uh, is used in the Celebrate Recovery a material, it's something that uh, the participants are, are asked uh, to pray uh, uh, out loud um, often as they're working through that. And so that'd be just a great way uh, for us to close this morning, especially as we're kind of mindful uh, maybe of that area that God wants to work on um, in us this morning. So let, let's just pray this together. God, grant me the sincerity to accept the things I cannot change the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did, this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will, so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Amen. Father, again, we just thank you for your word here this morning. Father, again, we just thank you for the opportunity to be able to begin again, to start afresh and anew. And Father, it doesn't matter how many times we have tried and failed, God. Your mercies are new each day. 
So Father, I just pray, Lord, you'll give us the insight that, Lord, you'll help us to see that area in our, our lives, God, that you wanna bring healing and wholeness to. And that, God, this morning, we would realize that we are powerless, Lord, to do it without you. And so this morning, Father, we just invite you to come into that area of our lives this morning that just needs healing, that just needs, uh, again, restoration. And Father, we just ask, Lord, that you, again, would just make your presence known to us, God, that you are walking with us and that, God, you are here. So, Lord, this morning, we just, again, thank you for uh, this new day. We thank you for this new opportunity. We thank you that this is the day of salvation. And Father, we again thank you for uh, what we're beginning here as we look at this word recovery. And we thank you that you are the God of recovery. And Lord, we just ask that you again would just uh, guide our hearts, be with us this day and this week. And again, Father, we just ask your blessing upon uh, our lives, upon this church, and upon all the things that are happening uh, this week uh, through the church and in our lives, Father. And we again just thank you for this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you're here this morning, just... Thanks for listening. For more information about Praise Community Church, including gathering times and events, please visit us at praisecc.org.